Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome in, Husker Hoopers. We are uh, back with the Husker 24-7 Hoops cast here as we talk about Nebraska's dominating performance in Manhattan. Uh, BC, I got to say, volleyball going on at the same time, had the, the two TVs going. Uh, you know, volleyball's up on the on the, the big TV with the sound um, as, as my wife and her friends were, were dialed into that. And I just kept, you know... That was sort of going as it was, and I kept sneaking a glance down in the corner of the smaller TV, and there's Nebraska basketball just not allowing points for long stretches of time, and it, it was very, uh, it was very surprising. Like I just, I didn't watch, I didn't feel like I got to see enough of that game where I have a great feel for the game flow of how it all went, but it's just very jarring when like it was 45-40 for what felt like 20 minutes, and then suddenly it's like. 53 42 or whatever and yeah you're a little like how are they not scoring like what is happening here so walk us through nebraska's performance in manhattan on sunday a big win for a team that had kind of pulled itself out of a a two-game funk there yeah you know what schaefer nobody cared about us little band of cadets who were uh, over in manhattan at about two o'clock it was just like a few of us and um you know, oh yeah, that's going on. That'll yeah. we'll see how that goes. You know, um, and then, but I I didn't really know what was happening at the volleyball match, and then I'm, it's too bad it it went as it did. But about three thirty, I started a sense on social media there was uh, heightened interest in um, in this Husker basketball game because people needed a little good news, and they were getting it. And the reason they were getting it is because. Um, it was like the second half and they could play Kansas state 10 times and maybe it would be a five, five split. So I'm not acting like this Mm -hmm. is some uh, definitive performance of how it would always go. But for 20 minutes, it was men versus boys (laughs) on the glass and just a defensive end. Like Jawan Gary just looked like dad playing with his kids, you know, like I'll go, I'll get that over the top of you. Thanks. Um, I'll type, he had 11 offensive boards, but he could have actually had about 15 because he had three or four where he just tipped it out. One was incredible. He just like one hand tips it out to the behind the arc uh, to, I think, Jamarcus Lawrence or somebody and uh, just playing volleyball at the rim. I thought they set the tone. In the first minute of the second half, they came out, they're down 34-31, which coincidentally was the same score against Michigan State at halftime. And they they get a bucket right away, and then they have a possession where they get like four or five shots at the rim. It, they, that's where they collected a bunch of offensive boards right there. And finally, they put it home, and they go up 35-34. So not only did they grab the lead, it was one of those possessions where it's like, we'll get as many shots at this as we want until, until we get what we want. 
And I thought it, you started to see uh, Kansas state just kind of sink about it. Like you could, they were, they were a deflated bunch and it showed up on their offensive end too. Um, you know, they did get some looks, but they couldn't hit a thing. And just, uh, just a nice performance. They, Nebraska didn't even play that good on offense. They were like 35% from the field, you know, and um, turned it over 14 times, but they were so solid defensively and on the glass, it just wasn't going to matter. So here's, here's one of the confusing things to me about this game. It's low scoring for the most part. It looks like it's incredibly physical. How did Nebraska only shoot four free throws? <laughs> Like, were they just not calling anything in this game? Um, I didn't feel like in the first half, Nebraska got downhill enough to warrant okay. too much complaining about it. That said, the officials did let it go. Like, there were some okay. plays at the rim where certain crews would have been, like, just blowing it every time. We could complain about that and say, oh, Nebraska only made one out of four. What's the deal? Or you could look yeah, at no, That's not a big enough sample size to get too bent out of shape, given – how many times like they were 28 to 31 this year no no i don't i don't mean that they made i just mean that they went to the line four times yes, and yeah. they only made one um like if you had been told before that game nebraska is going to only make one free throw yeah i think they'd lose yeah but what i was getting at is we could complain like oh nebraska should have got to the line more what's up with the refs but i wonder in a way if it helped nebraska because it was so physical like guys like gary and mass were just cleaning up on the boards and it's like okay you want to play this game it was like a old school big east type game to me you know like where um you, i always think of like the rugged pit teams when they're really good and they just pound the glass Jamie Dixon and, pit yeah teams. yeah they went 62 Blair and his, his no acls yeah, sixty-two fifty-eight kind of win, and the other side has a bloody nose. That kind of performance, like yeah. it felt, it felt like Nebraska had settled into that type of game. Well, and it's like, all right, we're not going to the line, but we're going to get it done this way, and so it, it kind of worked out. Do you so uh, along those lines with that type of game? I mean, do you think that actually is good that Nebraska played in something like that with the Big Ten coming up because you? You end up in some of those contests. I mean, not all of them, but sometimes you're in a rock fight with a Big Ten team. And so having to do it against Kansas State, a team that I, I think they're a, a tournament, you know, I don't know if they're a guaranteed tournament team, but I think they're going to be a fringe tournament team. Like, so having to, to kind of go through that against another program, do you think that sort of sets up Nebraska uh, to, to be a little more confident if a game flow devolves that way once we get into big template? It could be useful. I mean, Kansas State, well, they may not be the group they were last year that made the Elite Eight. They were averaging 80.9 points per yeah. game coming in. And I think we had wondered, you and I, about the defensive edge and, you know, sometimes on the glass, like the second half against Minnesota, Nebraska had letdowns. And you really wondered how that was going to play um, when you got to the, the full Big Ten grind. And so, yeah, I was really encouraged they won a game in this style a week after having a contest against Michigan state where you shoot 65% in the second half, if you can, I'm not, you're obviously not going to do that all the time, but if you could sort of blend in the middle, what they did defensively and on the glass in this last game with their offensive execution in the second half against Michigan state and kind of meet in the middle there, uh, that could be a really nice formula. Well, it does seem like they're a little bit more well-rounded. Like they don't have to only choke out the life of a team to win a game. 
they can't only, you know, try to outscore someone at the end. Like they can sort of play a blended game of basketball, which should help them uh, coming up. I mean, it was, I, I got to say, Brian, it's amazing the feeling of this, uh, of, of this particular podcast relative to, you know, last week where it's like you're coming off that Michigan State win, but it's also, you're just, you think about that Minnesota game and just how that was given away. And it's like, man, can I trust this team? And then they went out and they had a workmanlike, uh, solid performance on the road in, you know, not a, not an easy environment, I'm sure, to play in. I mean, I'm sure that they had fans packed in there and and all of it, but um, it was a nice win. I mean, it was, it was an important win because now you're looking at North Dakota on Wednesday and South Carolina State next week, and then you're finishing out conference play and you're moving on to or non-conference play and you're moving on to conference play which you know we're we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about this but you uh you got to get ready in a hurry with the the way that conference schedule is going to resume for nebraska at the beginning of january yeah um we won't get all into it but just so people know out of the gate january 3rd Indiana's coming to town. Then Nebraska's at Wisconsin. Oh, well, 8 p.m. games. It's going to be late, and uh, you're yeah. going to have to get some uh, get some of those, you know, beers in you and, and be a little raucous in the PBA. I think. I Not would think so. you've got to be I, professional. Yeah, I would think so because Nebraska should be 11 and two, one and one, and the Hoosiers are coming in. Yeah. And yeah, that and so they play Indiana, Wisconsin, Purdue right off the bat, and then I think Iowa. So there you go. Um, but First things first, they'll have to make sure they don't uh, sleepwalk tomorrow against North Dakota before the Christmas break. It, that feels like a slightly, I don't know, dangerous isn't the word, but you just want you you want to make sure you go out there and handle your business early. Oh, and do your job, yeah, yeah. No, um, but yeah, you're th- this past Sunday, um, it got people fired up again. I think it really did. Like the Minnesota game was so disheartening. Michigan State kind of lifted people off the mat. They're like, can they do it again? Could they get, you know, as we always talked about this four game sequence, could Nebraska get two of the four? They ended up doing it. Um, just didn't take the road we expected. The Creighton loss, honestly, I know that rivalry means so much to people. That doesn't bother me as much as the Minnesota game, which I think still sits in people's craw over there. Um, because you saw like on Sunday, this is the type of team that shouldn't really ever let happen what happened in the yeah. second half of that game. Cause they're, they're really built to stop that sort of, uh, you know, second chance barrage Minnesota got. So this was a nice bounce back over the last week by this, this crew. And it, it showed some character because that was not easy after Minnesota to get back on the horse and four days later and try to write everything because they were pretty dejected coming out of that locker room in Minneapolis and this fan base was too. There's a lot of people, and I, we, I would include myself, we were starting to doubt and be like, yeah, maybe the 7 7 0 thing was just a mirage. They didn't really play anybody, blah, blah. And uh, now they've, now they've uh, got people's attention again. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't so much that they hadn't played anyone. It's the idea that you just can't trust the version of them that's going to show up. And I'm still not at a point where I like trust who they could be, but. They keep showing you that they have the ability to play with these teams, that they that they're a better basketball team than what we've seen Nebraska have for a while. Um, and so you you want to believe in it. They just have to keep giving you giving you reasons. All right, I want to I want to throw actually let's take a quick time out here and then we're going to come back. I'm going to throw some names at you. Get your thoughts on how they've been performing as of late. 
uh, and and sort of what the picture kind of looks like as Nebraska basketball is is going to close out non-conference play here over the next 10 days. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I told Brian I was going to throw some names at him. I just want to see where he's at with some of these players and, and how they've been performing uh, so far here 11 games into the season. And we're going to start with Rink Mast, who coming off of that kind of two-game performance against Creighton in Minnesota, I had a lot of questions about, is this guy really good enough to handle Big Ten caliber players? And then he responded really well in the Michigan State and the Kansas State games. What are your thoughts on Rink Mass now, 11 games into this whole thing? Yeah, definitely trending up. Very encouraged. Michigan State, what was great about that was the six assists. I thought, you know, he's not going to be Derek Walker, the facilitator, I don't think, most games. That that day kind of was, and he showed patience and uh, allowing guys to um, make their cuts and and stuff to open up on the offensive end, and um, just played a really savvy game. And then Sunday, I know most people didn't see this game, so I'm speaking about it like I'm, uh, you know, a pigeon carrying the message over to people about <laughs> how this game went. But early on, Nebraska, the first like minute or two, just was sloppy and had stupid giveaways and it was, it was five, nothing or something. K state big deal. I mean, it's early, but it didn't look great early on rink steps back and hits a three. And then he hits another one just like that. And it really, I felt settled Nebraska down. He was three for three in the first half um, from deep. And then late in the game, it was 48, 41 K state was getting frustrated. They couldn't score. Rink has two back-to-back moves by the goal, which were really nice. Like, I mean, uh, not uh, I would say they were a high degree of difficulty. And uh, finishes both of them and uh, makes it 52-41. And after he made the second one, I don't – I'm always kind of skeptical as as a Vikings fan and someone who's watched Husker sports, like, okay, the wheels could still fall fall off here. But it just felt like K-State had nothing left after. So really from start to finish is what I'm getting at. Rink had his had his hand on this game and uh, played every bit as well as Jawan Gary, even though I think he probably got, um, you know, more of the fanfare. Yeah, well, that's the next guy, Jawan Gary, who missed the first handful of games this season as he was suspended uh, and then has just sort of shown up and largely shown out for Nebraska. Again, we, we've said this, I said it a few podcasts ago, I never really had expectations for Jawan Gary. And 
he's been really good. Like, really good. And uh, he's just kind of a lot of fun to watch play, by the way. He just sort of – he builds into these moments where you just – you you might see him go coast to coast on, like, a loose ball. Uh, you might see him throw down a dunk if he, if he has the opportunity. He might be hiding in the corner and knocking down a critical three-pointer. And he's always in there, you know, banging around trying to get rebounds. So, Jawan Gary, I think, has been – I don't want to say a revelation because it's not like they didn't know who he was, but this version of Jawan Gary has been an incredibly nice surprise for Nebraska basketball. I think that those of us outside the walls most underestimated his value. They knew he was valuable, but they didn't know how much that was worth. And Mm -hmm. then now, now they're realizing it. And like Michigan state, you know, Michigan state's their big three players are, they're legit good players. They're going to be pro players. And, uh, Jawan in that game, he was like Nebraska's answer to that in a way. Like you felt like he belonged just as much as those guys did. Yeah. Uh, Where are you at with Kese Tominaga? I mean, he was the uh, he was the son of Nebraska basketball in February of last year, and so far through eleven games, he's had kind of some up and down run here for Nebraska, but he's still a dangerous three-point shooter. He can still hit a shot that can put your, you know, fire up your team or cap off a big run or what have you. But what are your thoughts here on, on Tominaga in the 23-24 season? Yeah, I, I know what you're getting at because he hasn't, like, we sort of wondered going in if this was just going to be the Kese show, you know, where he'd have kind of pick up where he left off last February and have these 25-point outbursts all the time. The positive, I'd say, he was 3 of 11 on Sunday, but he, um, I don't think he forces the issue when it's not going his way, which I really appreciate. Um, He's very, uh, I'd say he's patient within the game. There's a time or two where maybe he takes a shot where you're like, I don't know about that one. But uh, for the most part, um, he's not going to just try to get his. And that's something that I think is uh, pretty valuable to this team right now. He had four assists and five steals in that game. So he ended up with nine points in the four and five there. So um, all in all, he contributed to the stat line. Okay. But yeah, you are kind of waiting for that uh, case explosion where he goes off for like four games in a row where he, he scores 25 points. I suppose the optimist says that hasn't happened yet. And they're still nine and two and, and feeling good. So um Maybe maybe that's going to work out when you need it to. Yeah, well, and then, you know, it's going to – a lot of it is he's a known quantity too. So teams are, exactly. are effectively trying to take him away, which should open things up for everybody else. So when you talk about him not forcing shots, it's doubly critical if he's able to continue to be a decoy and allowing other guys to, to kind of shine if, if he's not um, – if he's not able to just get off a bunch of these three-pointers. So You know, um, you know what he – you know what he did do Sunday though? He um even though he wasn't having a great game scoring wise, the possession with about five or six minutes left, Nebraska's best possession of the game, just great ball movement. And it ended up with Case wide open. And how many times in Husker Hoops history have you seen the other guy hit that three where it's just like, all right, everybody get up and head to the exits, you know? And the dagger. Then, yeah, and Case Casey just nailed it and you know there there you go. And so I, I kind of, it and he hit a huge three when it was 34-28 with 35 seconds left in the first yes, half. I remember that one because it felt like 
to me, it felt like Nebraska, that game was starting to slip away. And if they couldn't mm-hmm. close out that half and you end up getting down eight, nine points, like it, then it's just like, oh, this isn't good. And that was a huge shot. So, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig. He was three of 11, but he he hit some timely ones in that game to sort of uh, at one point lift Nebraska up when they definitely needed it and then sort of put the thing away. Yep. Here's a here's a guy who's kind of quietly gotten a little bit of playing time and a little bit of run over the last uh, last few games. Seeing a little more Eli Rice, and I tell you what, he gets about one or two threes a game, and they look pretty. Like he can splash that thing. Yeah, he's got a nice jumper. Uh, he hit one from not his usual spot that I know of. Like he's always kind of that corner. Oh, guy. did he have his own spot, like the corner? Well. So- that's where I've seen him. I'm sure he, I'm sure he in practice, he works his way around Should the request arc and, an interview and just see if he can shoot from anywhere else. Be like, I'd like to, to come into the gym and just see if Eli rice can shoot from these five spots. I think it just ends up maybe in the offense, but he, he, he shot one. Uh, it wasn't top of the arc, but it was a, it was a different spot than his norm and he nailed it. And that's impressive. We said this last week to come in cold. He hit a big one against Michigan state hits that one um in the second half against k-state so he's playing about six minutes per game and uh that feels about right right now but you know maybe that goes up if he keeps going a nine or ten or something like that if if we think back to last year i think jamarcus lawrence wasn't playing a ton at this point and then he sort of built that confidence and was really uh, making big shots. And he, he just forced his way into the lineup where you had to play him more. And so uh, maybe, maybe Eli can still do that this season. Yep. Who, uh, who else would you like to to discuss? So the big three were the ones I wanted to get to there. And then, uh, you know, is there, is there another player or two that you want to, you want to shout out or talk about what you've seen so far this year? We've talked a lot of Jamarcus Lawrence. Um, He is definitely transitioning to, to trying to be more of a ball handler. There's been some ups and downs with that. Uh, I'm still very excited about him. I still think he can be a really kind of intriguing piece for you if he can get comfortable with it, where I think he's a guy that can maybe create a shot uh, off the dribble if he needs to. So, um, But who else kind of stands out for you? Or Sam, who else do you want to dive into? Sam Hoiberg played a great game. Um, played 25 and a half minutes. He was guarding Cam Carter for K-State, who can really go off. And Carter was 4 of 17. Hoiberg was really in his kitchen. Jamarcus was a little hobbled in the second half. I think he might've been cramping. Um, and so, and Sam was doing such a good job on defense. It kind of made sense to, to keep him in there. Uh, so he played really well. And uh, I guess the other guy I'd highlight is Bryce Williams. Um, basically when I looked out on the floor in the second half, the three that jumped out to me first were of course, Jawan rank and then Bryce. It was just like, these are the grownups, you know, on the court. And um, I don't know if it's because of Bryce Williams beard. He's got a great beard and he just feels like you could, like if you had a basement project, you needed to discuss with him. He might have some ideas about how you could do it. Um, Cause I see in interviews, he seems like a very well-rounded guy who would be able to do that sort of stuff too. So he had 10 points, nine boards and, and could, um, just veteran hand that they looked like the team that Hoiberg uh, hoped they would be before the season. Like we've got these veteran guys who played a lot of college basketball. Um, They're going to feel comfortable out there in those spots. And they looked it on Sunday 
never let that crowd get into it. it and I was surprised how many Nebraska fans were there. I mean, they didn't take over the gym by any means, but uh, noticeable presence by Husker fans at that game. Yeah, I knew eight people that were down there uh, for that game. So, um, you know, it's an easy enough drive. This is one of those, I don't think they need to play it every year, but like maybe don't let every five years pass without getting a game between these two. It's close enough. It's an easy drive. It should be an Absolutely. easy non-conference. It makes sense, I think, schedule purposes for both teams. I'd like to see Nebraska do this with Iowa State, but I don't know if the Hoiberg thing is something they just want to avoid altogether. Uh, but, you know, I – I would like more easy opportunities for Nebraska basketball fans to be able to, to go to some of these road games. Like I, one of the things that I've enjoyed is I've gone to a handful of them, but just a handful of road Nebraska basketball games are with it's a good time. It's a fun experience. Yeah. I like you those know. arenas. Have you been to Bramlage? No, never been down there. I have not been to uh can't even think of the name over in Ames either. I just, Hilton. Minnesota, Iowa. Um, I want, I want to get to Illinois at some point just because I hate watching the lighting on the, the TV. I'd rather, I'd want to see if it's that bad in person too. It's such an orange tint for their state farm arena or whatever it is now. Supposedly Purdue's the best uh, arena in the big 10 to go to. That's, that's what, what uh, that's what Fred Hoiberg told me this summer when I asked him that. Yeah. I was and, asking him if I could go, like if there's one spot that I absolutely should catch a college basketball game at. And he said it would be Mackie. For sure. Mm -hmm. He thinks that it, the, everything they do is first class. And he just thinks the environment and the atmosphere in there is fantastic. Well, K-State, if you've been to Iowa's arena, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, bowls where it just all the seats go up and they're all in one section. There's no split off, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then you walk around at the top. And that's how it is at Bramlage. I really like those those type of arenas for whatever reason. Is it, is it built into the ground at all? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it. Well, what's also cool about it, um, it's, you know, it's right next to their football stadium where you like look in their football stadiums actually down low. You're like mm -hmm. over the top of it, looking into it. And so, yeah, it would be it's it's because you you, uh, you it would be down in the ground a bit. Yeah. So one of the places I've been the pit in New Mexico, it's really cool because you you walk in at at you know, ground level, but then you go down into the arena mm -hmm. and it's so loud because it's so just like you said, built up, you know, straight up with the seats, one section all the way around. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Got to see Nebraska lose an NIT game there in uh, 2008, I think on our way to spring break, we just stopped by Albuquerque. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I've, I've got real bona fides when it comes to Nebraska <laughs> basketball. I'm not, I'm not a just showing up here lately kind of guy. Uh, speaking of which, it is time uh, for, for the you know game that has just swept the nation, uh, naming a, a random Husker Hooper here or guessing a random Husker Hooper. I have, I have a name. This is a player that I recall watching almost, I think I saw pretty much his entire career. I mean, I, I think he played for Nebraska for four years. I need to read through here. But we'll uh, we'll get this thing fired up. I think you'll get to this one pretty quickly, and you might even get yeah. it right away. We'll see. Uh, the location. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you choose which clue you get here. The location or the uh, general time period. The location of where he's from or the general time period of when he played. Um, location uh, doesn't help me as much in uh, basketball as it does with football. I'll say time period. His entire career should have taken place in the Barry Collier era. Oh, okay. 
I thought you were going to go into the knee era where I was like, no. all right. Throw I'm, not gonna, I'm not just going to walk into your wheelhouse. Throw it down the middle of the plate. This one's yeah. on the corner a bit. Yeah. Okay, so Barry Collier era. We already used Stephon Bradford, so it's not him. Um, right, you want the next Kerry, one? Kerry Cohorn. It is not Kerry Cohorn. All right, go. That one's too, like, for me, when I think random, I'm trying to go a little bit deeper, but not yeah. like. I'm not going to make you guess Jim led some someday, but maybe yeah. I will, but probably not. I might uh, not all right. go. All right. He, go. Uh, he hailed from St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Uh, no, it's not him. I was, I was You're... thinking, of, I was thinking of Marcus Walker. Nope. He's That's... Kansas city. Yep. He is Kansas city. Uh, this player was selected to the Big 12 All Reserve team in 2004 by League Sports Writers. Oh, oh, four. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> I have no shame in this. Like, um, you know, okay, before, uh, as an aside, Danny Nee was on the radio um, last night with Fred, and Danny talked for 21 of the 24 minutes. He's just a storyteller, and he's just going to go on. But, like Danny Knee, any player in that era, I'm gonna, I, I got, and then the Collier era at the beginning, I have, and then the, there was this period. It's and it's where you're hitting for yeah, about. But he played four seasons, so he was a oh four. That's not Ryan Anderson, is it? Nope. Where's he from? Ryan Anderson is from Washington. Oh, he would also have started with Doc Sadler, not Barry Collier. He was a musician as well. <laughs> he was. He was a musician. Uh, all right. Another clue for you. Um, this player was a guard. Did I say that? Um, no, you did not. Six foot five, 205 pound guard known for his defense. Okay. Defense. Um. He's wait. What was his height? Six five. Known for his defense. There's a lot. I, the people listening to this podcast all know it because they're loyal. Um, they didn't have like five years where they stepped away from it like I did. Do you want me to? You you do this a lot for for me. I can describe a very specific play I have associated with this individual. <laughs> you can try. We'll see if I get yeah. it. It is, for whatever reason, this seems to have been the theme on this. It's Nebraska-Kansas. Nebraska's playing in Lawrence. They are keeping it incredibly close against a Kansas team that I think is top five in the country. And Nebraska has a ball with one shot remaining, down two. Oh, There's no time I got left. It. The ball got is it. being worked around. There's five guys on the court. The last guy you want taking this shot has he a was wide open. open. Completely no one within 47 miles of him. And he just bricks it in the all-time brick of bricks. And I could not have been more angry just yelling as a young youngster at that time. Why in the world is he even in? He can't shoot. Who is oh, man? Kind of a tough clue for I know who it is now. Yeah. This, this but he's, he's been a the... great defensive player. He's a, he was nothing yeah. on offense. This and and been he the... would admit that. I think he would admit that. His stats admit that. I mean, I, I'm not like making this up. Who we got? I'm... 
I'm real Corey Sims. I'm realizing now how my brain works. Like I, I need that. I need that <laughs> okay. specific <All> right. visual. <laughs> and then like all the hometown Did stuff. You, I'm like, do I don't you remember know. that shot. Like that oh, moment. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I can see where he's at on the court. I can like, Oh my goodness. I was, I was incensed. Absolutely incensed. And to get back some of my Husker hoops cred here. I might not get the score exactly right, but it was like 6159 or something, right? Wasn't it something like that where it was yeah. uh uh pretty low scoring? It was one of those games where Kansas wasn't as good it was that 59, year. 5957. Yep. Okay. And um those games were always interesting growing up when they were like at Fog Allen and you're kind of watching the clock and Nebraska's sort of in it, you know. And you were just like, get it to the under four, like down by five or something and see what happens kind of. And that was one of those type of games. So, um, yeah, that team had Joe McCray on it and Corey yep. Sims took the, uh, the game winner. Yeah, it was Kansas was number two in the country, 14 and oh, I legitimately would have got that one in five seconds on that clue. But the rest of them, I was just like, uh, just out like wandering, um, kicking, kicking rocks. But um yeah Corey sims that's a good that was a good one for that that game um i still think we should do the thing where uh w- at some point we go through every like big eight type team and like what's your the game you remember most that because i think that'd be fun or the player i mean there are some there's some yeah. outstanding that the big eight big 12 run like there's a lot of players that i could i you know i always i always joke about this Colorado basketball, the first thing I ever think of is Richard Roby, which isn't like a deep cut, but it's just like a, a guy from a very specific time in Nebraska basketball. Yeah, he was good. So it's, um, I think a Donnie Boyce from Colorado. <laughs> that means nothing to me. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and on Sunday, I was thinking of uh, the only time I ever almost got in a fight in my life and was uh, due to a Nebraska K-State basketball game. Um, I had these cheap headphones my parents bought me these sony headphones and uh nebraska was playing a big eight tournament game in the afternoon against k-state quarterfinals and so i brought my headphones to class and a kid was trying to rip them out of my hands and i like we got into a shoving match and all this (laughs) stuff um and i pulled them back and was able to listen to nebraska lose 47 i looked up the score today they lost 47 to 45 in the big eight tournament. Cause a guy, a skia Jones, who I remember for K state hit a shot as time was running down or got like a putback. Incredible. We could do when we get to conference tournament time, we could do an entire podcast of just bad conference tournament memories because they have some, they have some exits that are just like make your stomach churn. I have a plea for a big Husker fan uh any big husker fan listening who collects audio or old like uh games or can find them find the nebraska oklahoma uh big eight quarterfinal game um it's from like the 91 season nebraska was down by like 12 to 15 points with like four minutes left and they came back tied it and won like 117 113 in overtime it's still like the, one of the most memorable Husker games I've ever seen. Keith Moody hit a three as time was expiring. And I always like look every few months on YouTube. Like, has anybody come across this yet? So if anybody can get on that. Twitter, someone, someone will help you out here. Yeah. Um, Someone's got an entire archive of Husker hoop takes. 
I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know where or how, but they do. Yep. So, uh, anyway, that was a good one. Corey Sims. I, yeah. that, that was like that. It wasn't too easy, but it was, um, not too hard. It was just right. I thought the St. Louis was going to give it away. Cause I feel like he's, yeah. and, but I, I think it's because that was around the time where I really started to get into Nebraska basketball. And like, I just knew every, like it's, if, if you were a dork like me as a kid, like when you got into a sports team, you just devoured every piece mm-hmm. of information that you could. And so like, I, I listened to all of their games on the radio. If they weren't on TV, like there wasn't, there wasn't that many Nebraska games that would be televised to begin with. Yep. And so like, I would make my dad take me down to Lincoln to go to these Chicago state games and like just to, to be able to watch him play. And thankfully uh, he, <laughs> he liked basketball enough to, to do it. But yeah, I mean, this is like the birth of when I really got into Nebraska basketball it would have been like right at the beginning of the Collier era. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. I like, I like that there's um, if this team would catch fire and make it to March, like they, you know, did, did with Tim miles at one time um, we see how this place lights up about it, but there will always be those day oneers. Yeah. And they're the people who are listening to this who are like, it's Corey Sims, you idiot. You know, um, but those they are the call people, you an idiot. Well, yeah, but those are the people I appreciate a lot. It's just like they've they've sat through those seasons you're talking about, and uh, they they did know everybody on the roster and where what town they're from. I'm not good with the towns with the basketball guys. Right. Some- I will I'll I'll remember that and I'll strike that from the uh, from the clue giving. We'll we'll focus on other things. I'll try to get more moments in there for you um so we'll see if that, the Corey Corey sim that was definitely the play if you say one play it's unfortunate that you remember yeah. most attached with the guy it was because there would have been such a huge shot and, you know you know and i like i obviously trashed the shot but like nebraska probably needed every ounce of his defense to be in a 59 57 tussle with kansas yeah. in the first place like that's the reason that he was in the game it's just infuriating because no part of me thought that he was making that shot like it's you know. It was a good look, though. <laughs> it was completely wide open. I'm reading, I'm reading the like. This is the other thing I love about this. You read old game stories, and they're talking about how everyone on Kansas expected Joe McRae to have the ball there at the end. Yeah, and so they weren't defending Corey Sims, which is how he ended up so open. Yeah, that's so, your that's uh, your your there trip you go. down memory lane. Another Nebraska Kansas basketball game. It's uh. That's just how we're going to finish all of these podcasts. All right, everybody, check out everything going on at Husker 24-7. If you are into recruiting, signing day is on Wednesday. We will have plenty of coverage for that. We have plenty of coverage leading up to things here at Husker 24-7 right now. So be sure to check that out. If basketball is more air jam, BC will be covering the game on Wednesday as Nebraska plays North Dakota. And the uh, the Huskers have a little bit of a break there for the holidays and then come back with South Carolina State next week. We'll have another Husker Hoops podcast uh next week as well um you know because we won't i don't know if we'll have another podcast this week for husker 24 7 or not i don't know what our schedule exactly is going to be but if we don't have another opportunity to happy holidays for uh for everybody coming up here from husker 24 7 for brian christopherson i'm mike shaver we're husker 24 7 we'll catch you next time